I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to My Millennial Story. I'm Glenn James and today we've got a, I think, a very special guest. Her name's Miller Roberts. G'day, Miller. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Glenn? Good. So, thanks for coming into the studio. What we're going to do, we're going to talk about your money story, your vibe of the world, your view of the world, Mm -hmm. and then at the end, uh, for people who are new to your art, I'm going to get you to send in a song after we finish here and we'll play the whole thing at the end of the podcast. Oh, cool. And then, if you want to find out more about Miller Roberts, you can find her on Spotify, Apple, all the usual places. All the things, yeah. Love it. So, I guess, you know, the art aside, the music aside, I'm talking to the real Miller. (laughs) Now, if I was to say to you, because it's a very interesting question for those new to the podcast, what is your earliest money story or your earliest thought or memory about money? Mm. It's, It's a good way just to understand a little bit about the person. Yes. Well, um... I'm one of five kids, so we were never loaded growing up, but I remember my dad was always very extravagant when it came to giving gifts. He loves birthdays, loves Christmas, and would always go all out, but mum was a little bit more frugal, quite thrifty, actually. We used to always go um, op shopping as kids, and I have these distinct memories of her coming home. And she would sometimes go, you know, to Salvo's or it was often Big W as well. And whenever she would spend money on herself, it was very rare. She'd come home and say, I lashed out. And we'd be like, okay. But she'd always come home. I remember one time it was just like a $7 pair of shoes from Big W. And she was so pleased with herself because she had spent some money on something nice, but it was just $7. So So money was tight, but... (laughs) may do with what we had. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and do you have like your earliest memory of money or was that kind of it seeing mum say I splashed out or you're a bit older at that point? I I think that's probably one of the earliest things I remember. I think because it was such a regular occurrence, that, that phrase, I lashed out. That's kind of the earliest thing I can remember. And that was only last week. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Now – so fast forward, tell us a little bit about you. Like what, what are you doing with your life at the moment and yes. what have you been doing to date? Ever since I finished school, I've just been making coffee. So currently I manage a cafe called Estebar on Newcastle Beach and I'm trying to pursue music on the side. So working full time and then doing that as well. Love it. And we will talk about kind of the, the thing on the side mm. a bit later, uh, but I guess as a child, and it's kind of funny, I feel like a bit of a psychologist sometimes, <laughs> what did you like want to do growing up? Or can you remember like, oh, I just want to be this person? Mm. I always wanted to be a historian actually. Yeah. 
it's pretty funny. But I looked after finishing school, I looked into studying it and there's just no jobs. So I kind of just let that one go. I'd still love to study it, but as soon as I realized that oh, there's not really going to be any work in it, I kind of, <laughs> kind of let that one go. Historian. Any yeah. particular type of history? I love European history, particularly Russia. Fascinated by Russians. Why? They had, I don't know. They just have such an interesting history. They like lots of uh, cultural change in such a short amount of time. I, I'm just fascinated by Have them. you been to Russia? No. Yet. One day. Not yet. One day. Not yet. <laughs> so you've been working basically full-time hours since you left school. Yeah. How old are you now? 24. Yeah, so you're 24. At the lower side of millennial, Yeah. Uh, a year later you may have been a Gen Z, yeah. which is interesting. I've, I've found, and probably you can tell us more, particularly around the 23, 24, 25, you may have uh, social traits of both Gen Z and millennial. Mm. Is that a fair yeah. assumption? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, I remember – dial-up internet yep. and I remember downloading songs on LimeWire and burning CDs but then and I remember when Instagram became a big thing but then I think there are definitely lots of things that I would say I connect with the Gen Z thing that the technology thing although I am a little technologically challenged still right so yeah yeah now would you say because you've had probably six years of income maybe mm. seven mm. Would you say when it comes to managing your own money, by default, are you a spender or a saver? Oh, do you know, I think I've actually changed. I used to be a real saver and probably in the last year, I think probably because of having to invest in a music project, I've had to just be okay with spending money and not not really saving. So I feel like I've probably become more of a spender in the last year, but I was always a real saver. Yeah. And what's your relationship with debt? I currently don't have any. I haven't so had good. any for a, a while. And what was your last debt? A car loan. Yeah, perfect. Yep. So you've paid that off. Yeah. So good. Yeah. And how do you manage money on a, you know, do you get paid weekly or monthly or fortnightly? Weekly. How yeah. do you manage your own money on a weekly basis? So the money comes into your account mm. and then what happens? Well, I distribute them across a few different accounts like you suggested um, so I've got my weekly allowance, I've got my car maintenance and I've got my utilities, savings and I actually <laughs> I actually have an account dedicated to skincare. So. That's so good. <laughs> and you know what, like you might laugh but for those listening, if that's something that you value in your life, mm. whether it's skincare, whether it's um, because we've got people that have horses as pets or I don't know yeah. if they're pets or yeah. lifestyle or whatever. <laughs> Hello, horsey people. <laughs> How you doing? Um, it's as long as you've got a system that works that stops you overspending mm-hmm. and that the money's always there for when you need it for your X, yeah. Y or Z, yeah. uh, I think that's a really cool thing. Oh, well, that's good. How much would you say you spend on skincare a month or a week? Oh, a lot. Really? It's because I get I get facials and they're quite expensive. They are. But I think it's probably oh, I can't I can't remember off the top of my head. Probably around fifty dollars a week. So it's a, it's a decent amount. Yeah, but that's like you're debt free. Yeah. You're 
you're saving money, you're doing your side hustle, which yes. at the moment it's probably more outgoing than income. Yes. But it's working. Yeah. And that's just such a great encouragement to anyone listening that you've got a system that is yours. Yeah. And then it works for you. Yeah. So True. well done. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I I like getting a facial. It's so lovely. It's relaxing. <laughs> it is. It's like me time. It's it great. Is. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And some people are like, oh, relax, get a massage. Like, don't you dare touch my back, but you can touch my <laughs> face. <laughs> See, I'm I like both. Do you? Except I hate in the massage when they touch your feet. Oh yeah, it freaks me out. I get, yeah, yeah, gives me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's um, that's awesome. So, what do you think your kind of actually tell us about your living arrangement? So, mm-hmm. where are you living? How are you living? Why do you live? <laughs> so, I live. I've actually just moved, but I've just been doing the share house thing for a fair few years. But I've just moved in with my friend in Lake Macquarie, so I've got a little room. <laughs> a little room. <laughs> And how much do you pay a week in rent? Uh, 200. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it's good. Yeah. Works for you. Yeah. So you're, um, you're renting with friends. Have you ever lived alone? I have not. No. 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 And do you have a, like, what's your longer term, I guess, goal with living? Like, do you yes. want to live <laughs> by yourself? <laughs> you <want> a house? <laughs> I, w- I actually would love to live by myself. I would love to have a, either like a, a room or a garage or something just for a studio yeah. so I could do that from home because I currently just have one set up in my bedroom, which is awesome, but I'd love to have a, f- a full space for yeah. that. So, yeah. yeah. Love it. So what would you say is your current biggest next financial goal? So we've all got kind of yeah. things that we want to work toward. What's your next financial goal or are you saving for anything? I am currently saving for another record. So trying to record an album in the next six months. So as I guess an artist, like I, from one artist to another, (laughs) uh, like how long does it take? Like the first album that you've just released or is it an EP? EP, yeah. How many songs are on that? So that's five tracks on there. And how long does it take you to kind of have those polished before you even call a producer and say, I want to go down this road? Well, for this EP, it was kind of a much slower process because I'd written pretty much all of those songs about five years ago and I kind of just wrote them just because and not with no real intention behind them and then... I originally just started recording demos just because I wanted to hear them as some kind of finished product. And it was only after that that I kind of thought, oh, I probably want to pursue this. So that was quite a drawn out process. And then once I decided that I wanted to do it, it was like, cool, I'm going to get in contact with a producer and then get the ball rolling from there. But from the point that I got started on making it happen, it was probably over a year from it being started to like a finished product. Mm. So. so I guess as a creative, uh, you said you're debt free. Mm. Would it be a fair statement to say that like less money pressure in your life allows you to be more creative 
or do you thrive under pressure? Like, <laughs> oh, it's probably a bit of both, I think. But I it definitely helps to know that you like I it. I would say it's very important to save for the goal and then make it happen so that then you've got this relationship of that was a reward for the hard work of of saving Mm. rather than doing the thing and it potentially not maybe going so well or you not having the finance to back it up and then being in trouble with it. I think I saved for it and then, and that was a, that felt like a healthy relationship with the project. Do you think you would ever, um, like if someone said, oh, you can do this, you can so do it. Like, do you think you'd be just like, oh, I'll go get a 10 grand personal loan and then do it. Is that your vibe? No, the, the personal loan thing just for, it kind of freaks me out. I think if you've got, if it's something like a a car or a house, something you absolutely need, I think that that's fair. But if it's something that you can potentially delay and save, I think that's better. Or even cash flow. Yeah. 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 Because I think like with these um, types of goals that like creatives have, there is that, I guess, thought process is like, oh, I just need, if I can get the money and I can nail it, Mm. the problem is if it doesn't work out, you might have three years to pay off something and like as an emotional, imagine that paying off a loan over three years and there's probably plenty of us that are out there who have done this. Mm. It's like I'm reminded of it every month of my failures. <laughs> like, <laughs> Exactly. Because there's really no pressure in your life, be it from, you know, where you live, your mm. work, like everyone's got work pressure, um, yeah. but financial pressure, like you're yeah. in a good space. Yeah. And it means that with the upcoming project, I can kind of take my time with that as well. Yeah. So. What do you think the best thing is that you've ever done? And it doesn't have to have anything to do with money. Like just as mm-hmm. a a life thing. And while you're kind of thinking, I think it's so important, like when I ask people these questions, like life is for living and mm. the money stuff just plays into that a little bit. Mm. Like one of the best things I've ever done, it's a sad thing, but it was just a very special moment mm. and had nothing to do with money. Mm. And that's just, and I might share it at the end or whatever, but yeah. yeah what do you think the best thing that you've ever done? Well, I feel like this EP has been the most – has been the thing that I've been most proud of so far in my life, kind of working towards something and and it being quite a, a precious project to me and then, you know, kind of working really hard on getting that to the place where I wanted it to be and then feeling like it's out there and now it's the hard work is kind of starting to pay off. So I'm definitely super proud of that achievement yeah and I think you've just like done such a banging job and thank you I know that I heard some of the songs before they were kind of on Spotify Mm. and had it on repeat through like I think you had it on SoundCloud or Dropbox or something (laughs) in my car and it's like this is really cool and part of the story of Miller I wanted to get you in just to have a chat about Mm. you as a person and your money story Mm. but I want heaps of people to hear such good creative art. Mm, thank you. And I, I would probably say as well, like I'm, I'm going to ask you a couple more questions about you mm. and then we'll go into like the whole creative side because there are a lot of people that listen who are creatives, mm. be it artists mm. or with paint or guitars or whatever. I don't know. I'm not a creative, you can tell. <laughs> what's the um, – do, do you have a worst money mistake that you've made? 
Oh, actually, one that ha- happened in the middle of COVID. I I'm quite clumsy, so I always, I'm always breaking my phone and all the time. And I broke my phone and then proceeded to. I was getting my phone backed up on my laptop, and then I was setting up this like my friend's old phone that I was borrowing, and it was this whole saga, and. I was backing up my phone onto my laptop and then managed to drop my smashed phone onto my laptop screen and then smashed my laptop while I was in the middle of backing up the smashed phone. Jeez. And it was like so devastating. I was so so upset with myself. And because we were in the middle of COVID, I couldn't go to the Apple store to even get my phone fixed. So I was having to send my phone off to get fixed and then I'd organised all of that and then I was like, now I have to send my laptop off to get fixed because I can't take it into the Apple store and I can't figure out how to back up all all my music that's on my laptop. I didn't put it onto a hard drive or anything, which is silly. And so then I ended up having to call my brother to come around and we had like this slither of a screen that we could see and so we're putting all of my files onto a hard drive so that I could have all of my stuff and then ended up having to buy a new laptop because I called someone and they were like, man, just you could just got to get a new one. You know, it's funny and I guess <laughs> there's probably nothing you can really learn from that other than maybe just Google. Hold your phone a little tighter. Hold your phone a little tighter. <laughs> Google how does the cloud work. I don't know. Um, I hate the cloud. <laughs> I don't know how it works. But it's funny, like as a society, we're in this weird thing that, you know, 30 years ago when our parents were like raising young families, they didn't have to have $4,000 worth of tech or more in the house. They didn't have to have internet. It was like, it's almost this as people now and a young person, you really need a Mac. You really need a PC. Yeah. And it's almost unfair for younger people with a lower income. Mm. They need the same amount to spend on the crap. Totally, yeah. Yeah, I, it's just really weird, isn't it? It is crazy. And it's it, there's such a monopoly on it as well that it like with Apple, if you want an iPhone, you have to have the Mac. Yes. And that makes me so annoyed. But, yeah, that was a, that was a – a devastating blow. Yeah. Yeah. What's the one piece of, I guess, money advice you'd give to your best friend if they said, hey, Mills, my life's a financial train wreck. Help. Ooh. Get the Glenn James spending plan. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Okay. I don't ask people to say this crap. I kid you not. Like heart on my hand or whatever the bloody saying is. Um, heart on my hand. <laughs> exactly. Well, bless you, Millie. Uh, Miller. <laughs> whatever your name is. You. Do you um do you have any particular interests in any type of non-profits? Uh be it financially with your mind and emotions or mm. anything like that? Yeah, I um, have two sponsor kids um, from Compassion. And so one is in Tanzania and one's in Indonesia, two little girls. They're beautiful. So I, um, that's like a monthly contribution. So yeah, yeah. that's, that's amazing. If 10 grand dropped into your lap 
today other than buying me lunch? <laughs> and uh, what would you do with that money? I think I would go straight into recording. Really? Just just dive right in. Probably book a nice house somewhere, get a whole bunch of nice gear and run away yeah. and record. Well, we're going to have a quick break. Right. We're going to come back and talk about how much you spent on the EP. Yeah. We're going to talk about your view of the music industry and being an upcoming artist. And this is the whole thing, like the big get bigger with everything we do now. Mm. So we need to support grassroots stuff. Yeah. Be it small business, artists, whatever. So we'll be right back cool. after this. And we might get Nate to play one of your songs as the bump in and bump out of the little ad break. Nice. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. We also have a panel of trusted mortgage brokers we can connect you with to get you into your first home, an investment property purchase, or to review your current loan if you don't have a broker. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers, and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. So, Mila, you are, I believe, a fabulous musician, uh, an amazing singer, and it's kind of weird I said the word fabulous, but whatever, you're amazing. <laughs> Who has been your kind of musical influences to date? Mm. Well, I always grew up listening to a lot of Carole King and James Taylor and like Eva Cassidy, stuff like that. So I definitely am influenced by that kind of old school folk kind of stuff. But more currently, I'd say artists like uh, Sufjan Stevens, Bon Iver. I love Greta Ray as well. She's an awesome Australian artist. So yeah, a whole, a whole range I would say, but probably um, more prominently, yeah, artists like Bon Iver. And to your EP in the project... You, you know, you've got a handful of songs, you've kind of worked them at home, be it on the piano or guitar. Mm. Are you mainly writing music with the piano? Is that how people do it? Mostly on the guitar for or me guitar. and then a couple of a couple <laughs> on the piano as well. I don't discriminate. I'm just thinking Delta. <laughs> I'm imagining Delta sitting there writing music. She's got a piano. Innocent eyes. Yeah. Born to try. Mm, Great songs. It. Hey, Delta, come on the podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, Delta. Yes, Delta. Yes. <laughs> Do you reckon it's a real name on a birth certificate? <laughs> oh, I never thought about that. You should ask her when she comes I will. on the podcast. I will. <laughs> Definitely. What was your question? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I have no bloody idea. <laughs> Where were we? Mm. Oh, piano, guitar. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Mostly guitar for me, but then, but then also a little bit on the piano. So, you know, Love either it. or. Either yeah. Or. So you've got the 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 map of the song written out, played out, or whatever, recorded on your little SoundCloud. I'm making it patronising <laughs> your little SoundCloud. Um, and then you're like, well, so for me, like, mm. I like what you've done, like. Tell me if this sounds true. You've gone, I actually really want to pursue this. It's just not, I've done some, you know, dodgy, you know, garage band stuff myself and put mm. that out. You've gone, no, I'm going to actually invest mm. and make a quality product. Yeah. And 
Because basically musicians, like as much as it's art, it's almost like a small little business. Yeah. I've yeah. got a product that I produce that I need to market and mm. somehow get a return yeah. if you want to make a career out of it. Mm. I mean, if you're doing it just for the passion, awesome, yeah. love it. Yeah. But if it's a transition, so talk to us about that process about I've got to actually put some real money on the line here. Yeah. So I think for me, because the songs had been kind of, bouncing around in my head for such a long time, I felt like I needed an outside perspective for some kind of fresh insight on the song. So it's easy to kind of get stuck in your own little bubble with tracks. So it's good to get someone else involved to kind of give you some new ideas and new perspectives on the songs. But I also didn't really know how to record it myself. So I needed help with that as well. So, um, yeah, I would definitely recommend involving other people in the process because it gives you kind of, yeah, a little bit of freshness. And in terms of dollars, how much did it cost you or how much would you expect someone you know, listening if they want to go down this road, how much mm. would they have to pay to basically get a producer to sit with you, work through all the songs mm. and record it and then master it? Mm. How does – what are we talking? Well – I did my tax return with my accountant the other day and we logged everything that I'd spent on music for the last financial year. And, you know, there's payments like, you know, getting a website and there's mixing, mastering, producing. And then there's also lots of kind of random payments. But in all in all, it was a bit over eight grand. Wow. So, yeah. And then that was like also paying for promotion and some consultations with some like management companies and stuff like that. So it depends how you could do it a lot cheaper or you could spend a lot more money. It depends on what you're kind of willing to spend. But yeah, I'd I'd say I spend over eight grand. Which that's a lot of money. Yeah. And I just think that's amazing that you've, you've put yourself out there, you Mm. know, in the most common sense of like people are listening to your music yeah, and then you've put your ass on the line in terms of money that I've saved and had to spend. Yeah. Was it hard to, you know, make a $3,000 transfer to a producer for a part of the project? Yeah, it definitely was. I think, yeah, because it takes such a long time to save up that kind of money and kind of seeing it in your bank account feels so nice and then sending it away, it was like, oh, but it's also... If you, if you believe in what you're doing and you, you know that you really want to do it, it's kind of like yeah. just, you just do it. So. And do you think for the next one you'll be looking at the same amount of money? I'm not quite sure how I'm going to do this one. I'm going to try and do a little bit more myself this time around just because I have the setup now. But, yeah, I, I still am kind of figuring out exactly how it will look, but I think I'll maybe get different people in for different tracks and stuff like that. When you talked about getting the producer to kind of be that external sounding board almost, it's almost funny. It's like you're saying that I'm like, oh, it's just like our own personal financial goals or our direction for our life. Mm. It's like we've got this idea in our head and, you know, in your own mind, it's like, oh, it makes so much sense. This sounds awesome. Then you talk to your mate or someone and they're like, no, that's horrendous. What are you doing with yourself? <laughs> yes. Or like amazing, uh, what about a tweak here and yeah, tweak there? Yeah, totally. Talk to us about like did you speak to many producers before? Because finding the right person to partner with, it could be 
um, their view that you're rubbish, go away and it mm-hmm. crushes you mm. or the difference with, no, I actually see your potential mm. and I want to work with you. Mm. Yeah, well, the producer that I worked with, his name's Jackson Barclay and I knew him prior to recording um, and so it just kind of felt like a natural thing for me when I decided that I wanted to do it. I thought, oh, I'll just reach out to Jackson. And so then we kind of started that process of um, kind of workshopping the songs and then we did a week in a studio just smashing it out. But it definitely – you definitely want someone who, you know, believes in what you're doing and who sees something special in it because otherwise you're kind of fighting for it on your own and it's, and it's so easy to – there's a lot of times on the way where you feel like I don't think I'm any good at this and I don't think I want to do it and it you definitely need someone who's on your side. Was it a growing process with like you so you've you've putting yourself out there probably twice or three times. Once to like close friends and family. Yeah. Second to the producer. Yeah. And then third to the world. World. Yeah. Were there any wholesale big changes to any of the vibe or the art? Um, not hugely. Like there were definitely some points where a song would kind of take a direction and I would be like, I don't think I want it to go there. And it, that can be quite difficult to put into words. Cause you're like, I know I don't want it to go in that direction, but I don't know exactly how to solve that or where exactly I want it to go. But it's kind of like, I know I don't want to go there. So that's definitely a, was a growing process for me and because no one else knows what your vision is except for you and sometimes you don't even really yeah. know what it is either but so you, yeah there's definitely a a closeness to the person you're producing with because they're trying to draw out of you what's already there yeah. so yeah did you learn uh anything about yourself through the process yeah sometimes i shut down under pressure <laughs> High five. (laughs) I think you're human. I mean, yeah. Yes. Yeah, no, there's definitely a lot lot I learned. I also learned that I am a bit of a control freak and quite a perfectionist. Yeah, a lot lot of people are with their thing. Their thing, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. but it's a really good process because you learn how to communicate more effectively and you learn how to speak up over things that you're not loving or other things that you really do like, different sounds and different instruments or w- whatever the project is. So you definitely – I definitely learned how to communicate a lot more clearly and, o- and openly. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's all, all learning. So I guess back to the, the money side, it's an amazing thing because you've invested $8,000, which is hard costs, mm. and there's probably been – a lot more soft costs. So if you, you know, if you trade your time for money uh, managing a cafe, they might give you X amount per hour. Yeah. If you go, oh, X amount of hour that I've worked on this project, if my own time are the soft costs, mm. like you've potentially spent thousands and thousands of dollars in terms of your own human capital. Mm. Uh, so it's this big risk. Mm. But on one side, you've got something that you're actually proud of yeah. and- you can go to bed every night going, I bloody did that. Yeah. And for those listening, I would just so encourage you, if you've got a project or a hobby or an interest or something that you are wanting to do, um, you know, you're debt free and you 
like Miller, she was debt free. Uh, it was a passion project and also let's try and maybe make something as a career. Mm-hmm. You need to go for it. And Miller, she's actually put herself out there and has taken a risk. And we're at the very start of Miller's journey. Mm. And my encouragement to those listening with the help of Miller is to be like, how can you follow your passion and your dream to see where it goes? Mm. Because those who risk it get the biscuit. (laughs) That's what they say. They do. (laughs) So we've spent maybe eight grand hard costs, another 10 grand of soft cost Mm. with the music industry it's tough out there, particularly with COVID, yeah. obviously. Yeah. But like, it's almost like there's, it's really hard to have those middle tier artists anymore. Mm. I don't know what that means, but I guess all I'm saying is, you know, the Taylor Swifts will come to a city, yeah. do three shows in a row, and the first one and a half shows covers their expenses. The second half, you know, one and a half and all the merch is mm. all the profit. So yeah. the big get bigger. Mm. How... In your mind, it's got to be a long game. Yes. So, how are you trying to do this as a transition? Yeah. Well, it it has been tricky because of COVID. I think especially with kind of the more medium-sized artists, is touring is really how they make their money. So, it's definitely an interesting time. A lot of artists are kind of having to pivot and... So I think there's been some cool stuff like people doing the live streaming and all that sort of stuff. I haven't personally done that. But yeah, kind of kind of still figuring out how I'm going to do that. But yeah, I think it's more I'm trying to more just start with kind of online marketing and word of mouth. Word of mouth. Yeah. yeah. And so like the kind of big thing at the moment is playlisting because that's how a lot of artists get their streams. So it's kind of getting your songs on some good playlists and stuff like that. So I'm kind of trying to focus on stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're if you like Miller's stuff and you've got a playlist that's got some big names on it, throw her in there. Well it's if they have lots of followers. Ah. That's the thing. So there's lots of like there's lots of big playlists like um, Mahogany and they have like a big YouTube channel and Alex Rainbird and stuff like that. So they have like I think Alex Rainbird has like 900,000 YouTube subscribers. And so if you get a song on one of their playlists, they have heaps of listeners. So that helps with your market. So realistically, the the Spotify slash Apple income, like I know like we've got our YouTube channel and I think we made $20 last month. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) We are retiring. (laughs) Um, so we, we monetize our YouTube, um, very poorly. (laughs) (laughs) So like that, that's just, it's a nice thing along the way Mm. because, you know, if you're earning X amount as a full-time employee, you've got to be able to supplement your income with gigging and whatnot. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I think with Spotify, it's something like six cents a stream or something Rich. Like that, yeah. yeah. So, I think I've made about fifteen dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and you're killing it. No, I bet you like it's 
some way it's not about the money. It's no. about your project. Yeah. You've put yourself out there yeah. and you've bloody got a legacy yeah. that you can show your kids like this is what mum did. Yeah. You can show your niece and nephews. Yeah. Like you've actually done something. Yeah. That's will last forever. Yeah. And, Definitely. you know, I always kind of say that, is it Gautier? Is that how you pronounce it? Gautier? I don't even know. Whatever. Yeah. He was an overnight success with that Someone You Used to Know song. Mm. But the guy was playing in freaking underground bars in Melbourne for 15 years that no one ever heard of. Yeah. So you've just got to keep moving. Yeah. And as long as you've got momentum. Totally. And I guess part of um, me wanting to get you on to share your story was to actually shine a light on a really good Aussie artist that we can put some F3 momentum behind. <laughs> and yeah. uh, and if you like Miller's music, which I do, you know, give her a share on Instagram. Like yes. why not? I've, I had a friend in America who actually reached out and said, I'm listening to Miller Roberts. And I was just like, oh, no way. That's like, so cool. Yeah. So that. it's a long road and I think it would be cool to maybe – in a year or whatever, you come back and tell us, you know, yeah, and we share your progress. Yeah, uh, definitely. So whether you're a musician or an artist or whatever, how can you, I don't know, just make movement? Yeah, I think, yeah, it's a, it's a long game. And I, again, I'm only really just getting started, but um, it's a lot of work and totally. you have to really dedicate you have to allocate time to it and, um, yeah, it's just a lot, of, a lot of ongoing work. Do you find like with your friendship groups and family, like has that been supportive or have you had to have some people in your life that you've just been like, I've actually got to turn you off for a second? Yeah. I, most, um, p- most of the people in my world have been super supportive. There have definitely been opinions that I'm like, I'm going to put that on ice. I'm going (laughs) to leave that one. Yes. So I think I would say pick a few key people that you really, really trust and you know that really believe in what you're doing and really want the best for you and ask their opinion. And then, you know, too many opinions can be a bit much anyway. Totally. So I would say pick a few key people, ask them their opinion and for their input and then – the rest. Yeah, we recently did the My Millennial Money Census mm-hmm. and like thousands of people filled out this and it can be soul crushing to read <laughs> like what people think and, yeah. you know, you, you just – I've got to like just go, no, on balance, we're doing a good thing. Yeah. And I just think it's so good you got started because as well like the older we get, the harder it is to start stuff yeah. because our life gets more complex and busy. Mm. Like you, you would struggle to do this in 10 years time, yeah. you know, if you're managing a family at the time. Yeah. So I think it's just my encouragement for everyone is to find your whatever that is and go for it. Whether that is what Miller does today, I'm setting up another bloody bank account and there's $50 a week going into there and it's just for skincare. It's just for hair care. Yeah. It's just for shoes. It's just for uh, my four wheel drive parts. It's just for whatever it is. <laughs> Do that, make movement and enjoy what you're doing or whether yeah. it's a big project, you've got to actually do this because when we all are said and done and you're at home by yourself Nothing else matters. People don't care really. So you may as well just do what you want to do. Exactly. Yeah. So Miller, 
thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming in. And at the end of this podcast, we're going to play one of your songs in its entirety. Thank you. So, I don't know what song it is yet. Do you know what it's going to be yet? Oh. Where We Stand. I think Where We Stand. I like secondhand information, to be honest. Okay. So, we'll play one of them. One of them. And then you can jump on Spotify, Apple Music, subscribe, like, whatever you do. Yeah. Your Instagram is? Uh, Miller, M-I-L-L-E-R, with three underscores. Roberts. The underscores are excessive. They are. But it's done now, so. Unlike your personality. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) No worries. (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you. And we hope you're enjoying the My Millennial Stories when we get cool people in just to share their story. We've all got a money story. Thank you, Miller. Thank you. Bye. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. My Millennial Money supports A21, a charity focused on abolishing slavery and human trafficking all over the world. Check out a21.org.au for more info. If you would like some other giving options, or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to thelifeyoucansave.org.au. If you're looking for a super fund that puts its members' interests above all else, choose a super performer, Sun Super. With low fees, strong investment returns, and great member services, Sun Super is Super Ratings 2020 Fund of the Year and has also been awarded by Money Magazine, CanStar, and Finder. Find out more at sunsuper.com.au forward slash M3. You can join Sun Super online in under five minutes. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289.
I can't move on from you. You just don't feel the same. I wish I could be someone that had your attention. I can't love you like I do. You are the salt in my wounds, but I can't move on from you. You just don't feel the same. I wish I could be someone that had your attention. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.